Thank you, preacher. Love you, my brother. God bless you. Second Timothy chapter number three. I've enjoyed my stay here. I always enjoy coming to Madison Avenue Baptist Church. Eh? <laughs> On Madison Street. But uh, what a wonderful blessing. And I love his family, love the church, and I've enjoyed being with the Mitchells. And they got some great kids over here. Wonderful. And uh, I'm glad that we're laborers together with God. And it's good to see some of the preachers here tonight. Brother Smith, love you, my brother. John Wells, it's good to have you. A young preacher. Stand up, John. There may be some young ladies tonight. <laughs> shopping for our preacher boy husband. And he's tall enough to make two. You mean to put in a good word for y'all over here in a minute? All right. Taking applications. Five dollars a shot, praise God. And Brother Kennedy, God bless you. He pastored one of my sisters. And God got him out of there and saved him from it. Amen. And uh, love you, my brother. And Preacher Allison, we love you. And thank the Lord for you. I want you to have some fun with me. I don't know what Dr. Smith will preach uh, Thursday and Friday, but just do this for me. Whatever he preaches, I want you to go up and say, hey man, Brother Joe preached that way he was here. Every service. And uh, he'll say, he's never come up with nothing that good. That's what he'll say. And uh, be praying for the meeting, and we love you, and God is good. Second Timothy chapter number 3. Very familiar portion of Scripture. But don't let being familiar with it rob you of a fresh truth that God can give us in these days in which we live. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. This know also that in the last days perilous, dangerous, unprecedented times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. Uh, the Bible says uh, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, and from such turn away. It seems like we're reading the headlines of today's newspaper. Go down to verse number 12 and 13. Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, and listen to this phrase, deceiving and being deceived. That is the spiritual, that is the domestic, that is the financial, that is the political, and even the religious description of this day in which we live. But notice verse 14 begins with a conjunction, but, but continue 
thou. Say that with me tonight. But continue thou. Say that with me again. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Listen to this phrase. And hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. He says, son, you're going to face a day like nobody has ever faced before. But it's not time to turn back. It's not time to quit. It's not time to give up. But the message was, continue, continue, continue. Continue in what? Well, verse 14 said, the things that we are assured of. As I said this morning, it's not what we don't know that's going to get us through. It's what we know and are assured of. And the Lord being my helper, I want to preach tonight from this book of 2 Timothy on certain truths for uncertain times. Certain truths for uncertain times. And I believe it all will agree that this is days of uncertainty. I mean, we're using terms I literally had never heard of before. I had never heard of the word corona. Now, some of you have, but it wasn't a disease. You'll get that after a while. I had never heard of COVID-19. I had never heard of COVID-18, 17, 16. I hope there ain't no 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. I never heard of social distancing. I knew there were some people I didn't want to be around, but I didn't have a term to put on it. We are living in unprecedented times. If you'd have told me we'd go around with masks on, I would have never believed that. One of my friends saw my mask and said, Brother Joe, that is a 50 cent improvement on your looks. And I'll tell you, that's a real friend that'll be honest with you. We are living in uncertain times. I, I believe Mr. Fauci no doubt means well, but every day there's something different. There, every day there's something new. Now, those of you that know my wife, Miss Pris, all the, the, the mask was, it's hard for her to do that. But when Fauci came out with the goggles, she said, I ain't wearing them stupid goggles, I'll stay home first. And it seemed like the CDC changes. Don't do it. Yes, do it. This helps. That don't help. We are living in uncertain times. On top of the pandemic, then we have the political situation of our day. It seems the wicked are rejoicing and the righteous are weeping. We do not know what the next five seconds holes for our lives. But aren't you glad tonight in the midst of uncertain times there are some things that we know and there are some truths that we are assured of and the pandemic and the political atmosphere can't do anything about it. And it is enough to get us through 
these perilous, dangerous, unprecedented times. First of all, in chapter number 1 and verse number 12, our salvation is permanent. You say, preacher, what have we got in the midst of uncertain times that we know will see us through? Look what he said tonight in chapter 1 and verse number 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I think, for I hope, for I suppose, for I reckon. No, for I, say it with me, no, whom I have believed and am persuaded, thoroughly convinced, got my mind made up and my foot on the rock that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Aren't you glad in the midst of uncertain times? We know this. We are assured of this. We're saved today. We'll be saved tomorrow. And a billion, zillion, trillion, infinity years from tonight, we will still be saved. This coronavirus has affected every area of our life. It's affected our families. It's affected our friends. It's affected college football. It's affected the economy. It's changed every area of our life. But there is one place where corona and COVID cannot change. Boy, this political landscape is as crazy as a football bat. But there's one area where politics has no effect, where the coronavirus has no effect. It's not regulated by Wall Street, the CDC, or Fucci or Fauci. It's our salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. God is my Savior. He's the source of my salvation. He's the foundation of my salvation. I didn't more than join the church. I didn't more than get dunk sprinkled, baptized, sprayed. I got born again, washed in the blood, regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life and the devil can't do nothing about it and aren't you glad in the midst of uncertain times our salvation is permanent I love the way he words it in our text Paul has said I know I don't think I don't hope I don't reckon I don't suppose but I know May I say to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the only salvation that's proclamated in this King James Bible is a personal, no, so salvation. If somebody asks you if you're saved and that offends you, you're probably not saved. When somebody asks you, are you saved, that gives you an opportunity to clean off a piece of real estate and let a rip tater chip. To tell this world we know that we know that we know. 
I don't know what the church is going to do. I don't know what preachers are going to do. I don't know what Washington's going to do. I don't know what the pandemic's going to do. But this one thing that I know, Jesus is Lord and I'm his and he is mine and I know him and he knows me. I have him. He has me and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I love that phrase, keep, able to keep. It is a financial term. It is a banker's term. Now, how many of you like me tonight? You have a checking account. Now, it's not much to brag on, but praise God, you got a checking account. Man, Brother Smith, I, I got a I got a revelation the other day that blew me away. My son that's 33 and my daughter is 31, they do not write checks. I had no idea that there was a generation that didn't write checks. How do you buy groceries? How do you pay your bills? How does your wife pay for that $40 hairdo on a 50 cent head? I don't, ooh, that was terrible. How do you get along without checks? Man, I remember growing up seeing something I wanted. I'd say, Mama, I want that. And she'd say, well, I don't have any money. And my famous, famous comeback line, write a check, write a check. There's a generation that don't write checks. You're going to starve to death one day. Man, you get that paycheck and you go to the bank on Friday. And I used to think that everybody that worked in the bank was rich. Now some of them people joined our church and they're the worst tithers we've ever had. But anyway, you, you take that check and you sign that check and you go up to the counter and behind the glass, now behind two glasses, behind the anti-COVID glass, you slide that check and you commit it. You place it into the security deposit of a trust. And from that moment on, from that moment on, it is totally, absolutely impossible for you to lose that check. You may stump your toe on the way out of the bank. You may trip over the curb in the parking lot. You may have a wreck in your car back before you get home. You may stumble across the threshold and hit your noggin on the coffee table. But you cannot lose that check. It is not in your care. It is not in your security. It is not in your keeping. It's being kept by a security. Praise God, I'm glad. That moment, to, hey, 1979, on a Thursday night in Reedsville, North Carolina, I believed on Christ. I received Christ. I sat with God against myself, and I placed my faith and my trust and my hope and my eternal destiny in the safety deposit box of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and I'm here to tell you, I can't get lost. I will never get lost. I'll never go to hell. I'm not going to see one second of the tribulation period. I'm glad the Lord, he's keeping me. And in the midst of perilous times, I'm saved and I know it and the devil can't do nothing about it. I'm glad my salvation is permanent. 
Notice the wording of that text. Committed unto him against that day. That day. What day is he talking about? Well, you go to the bank on Friday. You sign that check. You deposit it in their care. Because a few days after that, you're going to need to draw from it. I remember when I first got married, I stayed at home till I got married. You say, why'd you do that? Free cook. Free laundry. It was awesome. If I hadn't met Miss Arthur, I'd still be there right now. And man, I remember when reality hit me. And I got another revelation about a checking account. Now this is country. But I believe I'm preaching to country people. So here it is. A revelation. You can't get nothing out of there if there ain't nothing in there to get anything out of there. Let me say it for my northern friends. It's totally impossible to receive something out of there if you've never put anything in there. <laughs> Woo! You can't draw it out if you ain't put her in. Oh, one day, David Smith, one day, people like you and I will stand before the sovereign God of eternity and I'll say, Lord, I sure would like to go to heaven. And he'll say, why should I let an old sinner like you into a sinless place like this? And I'll say, Lord, check the deposit book, check the record, and right there it is. I trusted him as my Lord and my Savior. I'll live in heaven someday. I'll have a glorified body someday. I'll have a head full of curly hair someday because my faith is in Jesus Christ in spite of the politics in spite of the apostasy in spite of the corona and the COVID and the pandemic I'm saved on my way to heaven and our salvation is permanent and that certain truths in the midst of uncertain times salvation is permanent number two come with me to chapter number two In verse number one, salvation is permanent. Secondly, here's something else we have. Certain truths, uncertain times. My strength is powerful. Notice what he said in chapter two, verse one. Thou, therefore my son, said with me church, be strong. Be strong. You know what the old preacher's message was to the young preacher? Be strong, son. Be strong. You'll face dangerous, perilous, unprecedented times. Be strong. Timothy, you will serve and minister for me in the midst of a world when wickedness will abound on every hand. But be strong. You'll live in a society where apostasy is the norm of the day. But be strong. You will live in a world where it seems like they've gone crazy and everybody is serving the devil while you're trying to serve God. But son, my message is, be strong, be strong, be strong. May I say to Madison Avenue, Turnpike, Botts Road, Baptist Church, wherever I am tonight, it's not a time to be anemic. It's not time to be weak. It's not time to quit reading our Bible. It's not time to quit going to church. It's not time to quit our prayer life. It's not time to quit being soul winners. 
Be strong tonight. Be strong tonight. God is our Father. Jesus is our Savior. The Holy Spirit is our Covenant. The Bible is our book. Be strong tonight. And Brother Allison, when I first read that, I said, Paul, you know what you're going to tell this young man in chapter 3? How can you tell this boy to be strong in chapter number 2? How can you be strong in a day of depravity and wickedness and apostasy and immorality? Boy, he answered my question. In the second phrase of verse number one, here it is, children. Therefore, my son, be strong. And where is the source? Said with me that little five-letter word. In the grace. That is in Christ Jesus. You know what that old man said to that young man? Son, God's grace is going to get you through. Oh, you say, preacher, what are we going to do about this sin-cursed world in which we live? I'm glad you brought that up. Let me quote some scriptures out of the fifth chapter of the epistle to the Romans around verse number 20. And we're sinned abound. Grace did much more abound. Paul said to the Corinthian church that all grace would have all sufficiency in all things. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. That is our story. Every person in this room tonight that claims the name of Jesus Christ and you've been saved, your life is a testimony of the grace of God. Our Christian life, it commenced in grace. It continues in grace. It will consummate in grace as Brother Tom Hayes used to say all of grace is my story all the way from earth to glory I'm glad he's got saving grace I'm glad he's got sustaining grace I'm glad he's got sufficient grace I'm glad he's got serving grace I'm glad he's got supernatural grace I'm glad he's got sweet grace satisfying grace stabilizing grace serving grace sustaining grace Show enough grace. Aren't you glad the grace of God is enough to get us through? My daddy used to call it the Baptist National Anthem. You know what that is? Amazing grace. And I love verse 1, I love verse 2, and I love verse number 4. But my favorite verse His verse number three, through many dangers, toils, and snares. Listen to this John Newton line. I have already come. There's a lot of young people here tonight. That thrills my soul. But most of us in this room tonight, yeah boy, are living on the edge of of sunset. That's a nice way of saying we're old geezers. Most of us in this room tonight, we can say with John Newton, through many dangers, toils and snares, have already come. If you are a student of church history, the church of Jesus Christ can say, through many dangers, We've already come. We've sailed through the Inquisition. We've sailed through the Bloody Marys. 
We've sailed behind the bamboo curtain and the iron curtain and the catechism and the catacombs of Rome. We've sailed through troubled waters before. We've sailed through deep waters before. God saw you through before. God's met your need before. Through many dangers, storms, and snares, we've already come. And you know how we came through? You know how we got here tonight? Grace, God's grace, God's amazing grace. And can I remind the church of Jesus Christ tonight, the same grace of God that did not fail you yesterday will be the same grace of God that will not fail us tonight. God's grace is enough to get us through. I believe on the other side of the pandemic, And there will be another side of the pandemic if it's the glory world. We'll look back and say, through many days, toils and snares. For the last year, your pastor has dealt with a myriad of physical ailments. We've been praying for you. Mike Allison, your preacher friends, love you and respect you. We thank God for you. We've been praying that God would raise you up and help you and heal you. We need you. We need a voice and a stand for God. We've been praying for you. Brother Smith down here has been very sick and battling cancer the last several years and didn't get too good a report the other day and it's trying to crawl its way back in your body, David. But God, God's grace... God's grace. I want to tell you, Madison Baptist, you've been blessed by God. Your preacher talked about some of those wonderful days in the 90s. I've been preaching here now in this new building 18, almost 19 years. And I tell people across the country, if you can't preach at Madison Baptist Church, turn your papers in. You're apostate. Because I'm telling you right now, if you people don't enjoy my preaching, you the biggest hypocrites I've ever seen in my life. But I want to tell you the God that's not failed us before, the God that's paid the bills, the God that's built the buildings, the God that's birthed your families, the God that, I'm about to get emotional, and the and they tell me I'm not supposed to do that. But it's too late. I done went and done that. Oh, the God that's brought us through. His grace is still sufficient. His grace is still sufficient. Who better than Paul, the old preacher, to tell that young boy about grace. For Paul was the one that had the thorn. And he prayed once. And he prayed twice. And he prayed thrice for God to remove it. And God made him a deal. He said, no, I will not remove it. But I I tell you what I will do. My grace is sufficient for thee. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul said, you know what? Since you put it that way, I found out anyway. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. And I will glory in my infirmity. Because the grace of God is enough. The grace of God is enough. We may get short on health. We may get short on wealth. We may not handle the corona or the election or the pandemic. But God God's grace. Praise God. I feel like preaching tonight. God's grace. Our strength tonight is in the grace of God. It's enough. It's enough. Thank God tonight for God's grace in your life and in mine. Our salvation is permanent. Our strength is powerful. 
Number three, come to chapter number three. Look what he says in verse 14. Let's read our text again. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Here's what the word of God will do for you. That from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Here's what they'll do. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. How? Through faith that is in Christ Jesus. And what makes it so special? Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Certain truths are uncertain times. Salvation's permanent. My strength is powerful. Number three, the scriptures are profitable. You say, has the church going to make it? What's going to get us through these perilous times? How are we going to live for God in the midst of perilous, dangerous, unprecedented times? What, what have we got, preacher, that's going to see us through? You're holding it in your hand. The Word of God, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. I'm glad the Bible is still true and it is certain for uncertain times. By the way, you may wake up in the morning and the CDC doesn't change everything. But you're not going to wake up in the morning and find that God whoop, has changed his word. That will never change. I love that phrase. That from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Boy, this whole pandemic has worked on our churches and, and I believe one of the things that Grieves me the most. It's what it's done to our children's ministries. I'm so proud of my son. He's smarter than his dad. You know, I know that ain't saying a lot, but he's brilliant. Many out of our children's ministries, I mean, it was amazing what he was doing. Our Sunday school classes were full. It was amazing. And all of a sudden, since March the 10th, all of that's been just devastated. And I know we're living in a, a different society and there's a lot of, you know, arguments and I don't want to start one. But I'm just telling you, I believe in Sunday school. I love Sunday school. I don't remember all of my school teachers. In fact, some of them wish they could forget me. But I remember all of my Sunday school teachers. I don't believe tonight there's a better way to indoctrinate a future generation than a little old classroom with a teacher full of God pouring their heart, pouring their life and those little boys and those little girls. You know, there's a series of jokes this guy's got. You know, if you do such and such, you're a redneck if. Well, I got a whole series called You Know You're Old. If, if you remember a phone book, if you remember a payphone, if you remember green stamps, if you remember when women cook real biscuits, well, praise God. If you remember a long play album, 
an eight track, a cassette. We're going to say one day, you remember them little things we call CDs, miniature albums, methylate, bacurochrome, castor oil. There's people in here that took it for everything when you was a kid. Even a bad cold. Someone said, does it cure the cold? You take enough of it, you'll be afraid to sneeze. Say amen right there. <laughs> you know you old. Here's one. Flannel graph. How many remembers flannel graph? You say, what is flannel graph? Well, it's these pictures that's got some graph on the back and they stick it to flannel. That's the etymology of that definition. I may look dumb, but I'm really smart. I'm like Aunt B said to Andy, your education, honey, is worth every dime. How many ever went to Sunday school and the teacher had the flannel graph? We had a little teacher in my daddy's church in Ronald Crappett's North Carolina named Mrs. Wilson. Now, she was 110 when I had her 50-some years ago. Oh, she was wonderful. She'd bring up that picture and stick it up there, and it might be of David with that sling. It might be of Moses on that rock with that rod in his hand. It might be Daniel in the lion's den, the Hebrew boys walking around in the fire. It might be that little boy with that basket and the little fishes falling out of it. It, it, and I'll tell you, Brother David, the one that used to really tear my nerves up, I didn't really know what it meant, but it used to tear my nerves up. The one where Jesus was standing there knocking on that door. Woo! And Miss Wilson would say, Now, children, if the Lord is a knocking, open up and let him in. You say, Preacher, I don't see why all that's necessary. How do you why it's necessary? They may grow up, get with the wrong crowd, make the wrong choices, and walk the wrong path. But when dope's got them, and liquor's got them, and premarital sex has them, and the demons of this world have wrecked their life and put them in bondage, when they hit rock bottom and they get to the hog pit, God will mass recall. Them stories will come back. Them pictures will come back. And God will say something like this. If I can redeem my people out of the land of Egypt. If I can shut down the walls of Jericho. If I can cut off the giant's head. If I can put out the fire in the Hebrew furnace. I can save from sin and emancipate from the chains of sin. Thank God the word of God is able to make another generation wise unto salvation. Keep on proclamating the word of God. I talked to this brother here last night. He said, I got bus kids wanting to know we're going to get back at it. We're going to get back at it. I appreciate you, church, doing that. I, there's a lot of little boys and girls that won't ever have an opportunity at church, God, salvation, at all because of their family environment. And oh, I'm glad there's a church on the side of Bolshbach, Beethoven Avenue. <laughs> 
that cares about the little children. Oh, I was in a Bible conference the other day. You ain't supposed to get mad when you go to church. But I got more than mad. I walked out. I got up and walked out and went to my car. That's better than causing a ruckus. I ain't never wanted to whoop a preacher so bad in my life. And I, if I wasn't so fat, I'd have done it anyway. Oh, up there lampooning the bus ministry, lampooning gospel tracts, and lampooning soul winning, and making fun of churches that have a burden to reach sinners. Oh, there's plenty of people across this world tonight. The only people that care about them, that's God in the church and God in the church. And if we can reach boys and girls and make good citizens out of them and make church members out of them, let's keep on preaching. Let's keep on winning souls. Let's keep on running the buses. Let's keep on passing out the tracks. Let's keep on knocking at the door. I'm glad in these uncertain times the scriptures are profitable. The word of God God is enough to see us through. My mom and dad, dad's in heaven, and mama is on the way. I am not ashamed of my raising. I have had it up to here with these bunch of cream puffs, recovering fundamentalists, lampooning by growing up in an independent fundamental Baptist church. I'm not ashamed of my daddy. I'm not ashamed of my mama. If my mama was here tonight, you would have to say, wonder which one Joe's mama is. She'd tell you she's my mother. Because she'd be saying, preach it, honey. Bless him, Lord. Then she'll say, mm-hmm. Sick him, Holy Ghost. My daddy, old time preacher man. I mean, preach and cry and snort and shout, and I'm not ashamed of my raising. I'm not trying to distance myself from it. I'm trying to get a double dose of it. I'm burning the candle at both ends, trying to raise up another generation to remind them that old time religion is alive and well, and God is still on the throne, and we still got something to get stirred up about. That little church, daddy pastor, we were limited in, in, in our music repertoire. So a lot of times dad would say before he'd preach, come on up here, ma, we're going to sing one. Now, they didn't know but three. It would either be, well, every hour and every day, that's a good one. Or it might be, come home, come home, it's... Supper time. I guess for you Yankees, come home, come home, it's dinner time. Or they'd sing that Miss Jones song that she wrote in the throes of World War II in times like this. Now I hear my little mama say, in times like these, we need the Bible. In times like these, Oh, be not idle. Be sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. 
Daddy'd take that lead, Mama take that alto, and they'd sing, This rock is Jesus. Yes, He's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be sure, be very sure. Your anchor holes and grips the solid rock. Boy, they'd get under that coda, and my mama would take over, and she'd say something like this. In times like these, I have an anchor. In times like these, I have a Savior. I'm sure, I'm very sure, my anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Lord, children, aren't you glad in 2021, in the midst of pandemonium, in the midst of bewilderment, in the midst of a pandemic, what light is that shining so bright for me? It's God's wonderful book that I see. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. And this is the dearest, that Jesus loves me. Certain truths, uncertain times, the Bible stands. The scriptures are profitable. Our salvation is permanent. Our strength is powerful. Now come to chapter number four tonight. For the fourth certain truth in the midst of uncertain times. Look at chapter number 4 tonight, verse 6, verse 7, and verse 8. Paul said, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Listen to his personal testimony. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Having to believe tonight it pays to serve God. Well, it pays now. And it really pays then. It pays on earth. And it really pays in glory. It pays in the nasty now and now. And it pays in the sweet by and by. Because of verse 6 and verse 7. Notice verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And oh brother Allison I love this phrase. Whom the Lord the righteous judge. Can I say that's him tonight? He's the righteous judge. Shall give me at that day and not to me only, said with me church, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. You say, what kind of truth do we have? The Savior's soon return is promised. I don't know what politics is going to do. I don't know what the coronavirus is going to do. I don't know what the CDC is going to do. I don't know what our churches are going to do. And I know this one thing. Jesus is coming again. I was thinking about the cancellations. I'm sitting on 83 cancellations for speaking engagements across the country. I'm used to going every night of my life. Man, for eight weeks, I just stared at Julie, and she just stared at me. We've never been together that much. We've been married 36 years, and for 35 of it, I've been gone 48 weeks a year. That's the secret to a long marriage. Don't go home. 
Woo! And boy, about, <laughs> about seven weeks into that, she said, um, um, ain't you got somewhere to be? Boy, I'm telling you, canceled. Man, look what it done to society. Coronas got it canceled. Man, it's messed up every area of our life. Cancel this, cancel this, cancel that. I mean, I'm going to tell them I can't pay my taxes. Coronavirus. I'm telling you, it's canceled a lot of things. Oh, but you'll never get this announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The second coming of Jesus Christ has been canceled due to Corona. No, you and I'm saying in light of COVID, in light of Corona, in light of the pandemic, in light of the political scene, you know what I've been praying lately? You know what I've been praying lately? What John prayed at the end of the revelation? Amen. Even so, amen, even so, come Lord Jesus. This one thing we know tonight, that Jesus is coming. Heaven is our home. And praise God, it is certain truth in the midst of uncertainty times that Jesus is coming again. I was on an airplane one time reading my Bible. This refined, educated lady sat down beside of me. You said, how do you know she was educated? Because she had her glasses on the end of her nose looking over. That's what educated people do. They look over. And she said, oh my young man, boy, I'll tell you, she made me blind, but I appreciate the compliment. She said, oh, young man, is that a Bible? I said, yes, ma'am, it's a Bible. She said, oh, my God. I said, yeah, he's all in it. She said, oh, my. You, surely you don't believe it, do you? I said, I beg your pardon? Every last word. I even believe the cover, Holy Bible. My daddy said he even liked the inside, genuine cowhide. She said, you, you really believe all that hocus pocus? I said, it's not hocus pocus, baby. It's an anchor of the soul, both steadfast and sure. She said, do you believe that part about him coming? I said, oh, yeah. I thought I'd have a little fun. I said, uh, let me ask you a question. I got out my glasses. I said, now let me ask you a question. I said, do you know how to fly a 737? She said, do what? I said, do you know how to fly a 737? She said, what's that got to do with it? I said, well, I was talking to that pilot a while ago. And he lives in Peachtree City, Georgia, right down from the airport. And he's a born-again Christian like me. She said, what, so what? I said, well, honey, before we get to O'Hara, if the rapture takes place, y'all have fun. <laughs> Boy, aren't you glad this world is not our home. We have a better place to go. You say, Brother Joe, you believe in heaven and the rapture and the second coming because you're trying to escape reality. Really? Let me lay some reality on you. 
Death is coming. Hell is moving. The earth is going to melt with fervent heats. The moon will stagger like a drunken man. And when this world is on fire, I'm looking for an escape. And that escape is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm packed up, packing in, and I'm about to ship out of this world in a certain truth in the midst of uncertain times. Jesus is coming. The Bible is still true. God's grace is enough. And I was saved before Corona, saved during Corona, and will be saved beyond Corona. Saved before the election, saved during the election, and saved on the other side of the election. I'm glad tonight, church, we got a reason to be faithful. We got a reason to be soul winners. We got a reason to keep the doors open. Because in the midst of uncertain times, we have certain truths. Don't give up. Don't turn back. We're not home yet, children. So keep your eyes on the Savior. Just a few more days to labor. And we'll sit down beside the river. How I long to be with Jesus. And my loved ones gone before us. There's a better day of coming. We're not home yet. We're not home yet. Let's stand together. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you, Lord. In the midst of uncertain times, we have certain truth. And Lord, it's not what we don't know that's going to get us through. It's what we do know. And thank you, Lord, we can sing blessed assurance. Oh, speak to the moms and dads. May we have strong families. Speak to us preachers. May we have strong pulpits. Speak to the young people. May we have a strong generation willing to step up to the plate and proclamate the good news of the gospel. Lord, may we be faithful in this hour of temptation. You brought us to this place. In your wisdom, you have placed us in this spot of time. Help us not to fail you. God, use us. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.